welcome into the Pro Football Show for this Thursday, June 11th. Much to get to today. We're going to talk a little bit about preseason. Could it be shortened? What's going on around the league? We're going to get into that. Talking with some folks around the league on what the pros and cons of trying to figure some things out. I'll get into the details of that. So some of the markets of some of the players. Logan Ryan is an attractive free agent, but where did he fit? At what price? We're going to delve into that. We'll talk a little bit about what's going on with the Rams and their running back situation, particularly Darrell Henderson. The Texans check in on them and check in on the pack. Also got an interesting question that someone sent in about who's been most affected or will be most affected by the pandemic football-wise you know on the field we're going to get into speculate on some of that got a couple of other questions so we'll get to that a reminder this show always brought to you by the great folks at 401k generation the experts in financial planning around the country licensed in all 50 states they can get you that financial checkup today that could get you in the right direction money management investment query inquiries you name it, they can help you with it. 401Ks, IRAs, what you need to be in. What do you need to do to be on track with your financial goals today? That's what you want to know. That's what you need to find out. And you can only do it by getting your financial checkup today. Again, no obligation phone call or text to Eddie Rojas and his team at 401K Generation at 1-866-998-5879. Reminder again. We're going to be looking to add some things on our podcast network, so be on the lookout for that. Some ideas coming about. Uh, We've got a new SEC uh, SEC sports show with um, Blake Rafino that will be debuting soon, and we've got some other things in the planned world of college football. Certainly still going to be here breaking down the, the pro game for you and the college game for you each and every day, but wanting to add some different voices, different inputs, rather than uh, the old coach and uh, uh, scout uh, all the time. Uh, but so, look, be on the lookout for that. Make sure that you sign up and get all those podcasts through your phone by signing up for Landry Football's conference call, be it iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Sign up for Landry Football's conference call today. You can also find it at LandryFootball.com where you can Get the latest in-depth information on the world of pro football, the NFL, roster breakdowns, player analysis. If it involves players, teams, coaches, schemes at the college and NFL level, we got it covered for you better than anybody. Check it out today. Take advantage of the scouting season discount. Less than $5 a month. You can't beat that. So uh, make sure that you take advantage of that. All right. So the latest regarding the preseason. The NFL and the Players Union are discussing the possibility of shortening the preseason. And that's one game, two games. Now, the the reason for doing it would be um, give more teams to, to teach and prepare in the practice field. No OTAs. So you're starting from ground zero with all of these players. And you're trying to get them up to speed physically. Is it going to be more productive to reduce a preseason game or two to get more scripted, structured teaching as opposed to game. Game situations teach you certain things, folks, but they come after the practice and the scrimmages that help you get more prepared. 
missing preseason games would certainly help the lower line players prove themselves in the game competition. Um, but it's not uh, a great opportunity to get a lot of work because you can't script it. You want to get a lot of work done in the red zone, and if you don't have a lot of red zone shots, you don't get as much work done as you do in a scrimmage. So it's a give and take. But in this year, with with uh, less time on the practice field, less time in the film room, um, it might be a possibility. At the same time, it would allow more time for medical experts to develop and implement safety protocols for the parties involved. So uh, it would affect – who does it affect? It would affect the young players, the fringe roster players that are pushing to make the 53-man roster. Um, less preseason games make it tougher for those guys, undrafted free agent type guys. How are you going to prove yourself? It's going to be difficult. But – it's it's a difficult situation that we're dealing with. Nothing definite on that. They're discussing it, but it's a real possibility. And, and, and here's what it really comes down to. Now that we know that the play, coaches are not going to get their hands on a player, they're not going to get them that they can really sink their teeth into teaching on the field until July to training camp starts. Well, that's that's not having any – work done in OTAs or mini camps. So you're way behind schedule. So it, it is something that I think it's it's um, it really needs to be studied because I do think everyone's in the same situation. I get it. But from an overall standpoint, what's going to be more important? In a normal year, you do the work, you learn, you grow in stages, you get into training camp, you develop, you work towards preseason games, you give young guys an opportunities in those games, you spend at least a couple of games to get your frontline players ready to go for the start of the regular season. That's how you do it in a normal year. Well, this is not normal. Now you're starting from ground zero, and I think it's going to be very difficult to get them as ready as they normally are for the season with – doing the preseason game. So maybe having another week or two of development teaching might be the way to go. So we'll see how that plays out and keep you posted. Uh, taking a look around the league of some things going on, the Rams, Darrell Henderson, we've talked about what they are going to have to do by committee at the running back spot. Um, he said his rehab for his surgically repaired ankle is really going well. He's been at the facility making good progress. Um, but it happened six months ago, so I'm a little bit concerned the rehab is – I mean, it's going well. A little bit surprised that the rehab is not complete. But um, Cam Akers is going to be a big factor there, no question about it. Henderson's got to improve his, his pass protection. Uh, we'll see where that goes. Um, in Houston, Deshaun Watson. Been working out religiously with Brandon Cooks, Randall Cobb, Kiki Kotick, the tight end, Cahill Waring, um, during this entire pandemic. It's their virtual offseason program is continuing, making a lot of progress. Um, obviously, you know, they traded DeAndre Hopkins in a deal for David Johnson. Um, Will Fuller's name was, was absent from my player's mention. So he hasn't been cleared from offseason core muscle surgery. That's the reason for it. Uh, but uh, 
interesting to keep an eye out and ear out for that. What's going on with Logan Ryan, a really attractive free agent candidate? He's got versatility to play inside and outside. Uh, most see him as a nickel guy. I, you know, he's seeking ten million dollar per year. Um, that's a little bit high. So the reason why he's still on the market is he's selling himself and his agent is on the versatility to play outside and inside, therefore looking for that 10 APY um, average. Whereas most teams are seeing him as a slot guy only, predominantly. And if you look at the Justin Coleman's and the Chris Harris's and the Tavon Young's of the world, they're in the 9 to 8, 6 to 8, 5 range. So that's the gap, and that's the reason why he's still on the market. The Jets could use him and is a good fit. I think could play opposite Pierre Desaire. Now, the Dolphins have already committed serious dollars and resources to the position, but they also have an interest. But at nickelback prices, the Raiders are looking for an outside corner. They see him inside. Um, They got LaMarcus Joyner. So that's the reason why he's still on the market because of his asking price relative to what people see him in the league. Over at Green Bay, it's been a, well, let's just say a uh, difficult offseason in Green Bay when you are talking about things, negative publicity around their draft. And, you know, my feeling on that, it takes time for that to to determine. But there's no question that it's been an interesting offseason. And it's been one which... Clearly, this administration with Matt LaFleur in particular is kind of, and Brian Gutekunst, the general manager, putting their stamp on what they want to be. Um, The Packers were not able to address um, enough needs for playmakers. The offense, you don't know where the punch is going to come from. Um, You wonder where they're going to go. Spent a little time kind of checking in there. They Certainly are going to want to feature the running game a little bit more. Uh, it looks at the moves that they've made has, you know, been been a big part of it. What about their offensive line? Uh, discussing a little bit of that. Um, the guard, Lane Taylor, um, took a pay cut late May. He's going to earn just 910000 base salaries. Now set to count $2.4 million against the cap. And this is final year on the contract. So it saves the team roughly $3 million against the cap. Um Packers now have about $14 million to spend, which gives them some room to add a playmaker. There's not a whole lot out there. They, I think that missed that mark in the draft. But let's wait and see if somebody emerges, at least in the second round of cuts. They have some cap room to do it. Now, extra cap room could also help lock up David Bakhtiari in 16. They made Bakhtiari one of the five highest-paid tackles in the NFL, four years, $48 million extension. Now he's entering the final year of that deal. He's 29, going to be 29 in September, actually. He's one of the best outside pass protectors, but he did regress a little bit last year. Um, had Did not grade out as well. Had um, 12 penalties. Um, you know, they signed uh, John Runyon Jr. Uh, as an undrafted uh, free agent. Um but he's a backup player. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see how they play that with Bakhtiari and what, what they're able to, what they're willing to go in terms of making a move for him. Hey, I got a, um, an interesting question that got me thinking about it. Um, 
not that I didn't think about it, but I didn't give it a whole lot of thought. Who's going to be most affected by the COVID shutdown? Um, how's that going to play out? You know, is Tom Brady's working a lot. He comes to mind. He's working a lot with the Bucks players, but not being able to spend that time with the coaches, is that going to be a big factor? What about a new coaching staff, like somebody like uh, Carolina? That should be a big factor. What about the Cam Newton, Jadavian Clowney type guys? Guys that maybe have not had a chance to get in front of teams, um, get physicals. Nah, I think that's that's something to do with it, particularly in Cam's case. I think with Jadavian, it's his price. I mean, the price is always a factor, and the price is not right for most teams like it. Um, how about the tag players, franchise tag players? Got 14 teams use the tag. So... I'm wondering how this is going to play out. Uh, being kept off the market now in advance of the 2021 offseason, the salary cap could drop quite a bit because of limited number of fans in the 2021 season. Remember, the um, TGR, total gross revenue, is going to be significantly reduced. So it's bad timing. So you're wondering a little bit of guaranteed money and – uh, what the tag number is going to be. That's that's going to be interesting to see. Um, what about young quarterbacks? Joe Burrow, Tua, uh, Justin Herbert, even a Dwayne Haskins who's still very young. Um, you know, valuable time to get work in this offseason. Um, not going to be an ideal situation. New players on the staff, uh, new uh, uh, coaches on the staff. You know, getting a new coordinator in 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 um, in Houston. Um, things are going to be, you know, I think that's really key. Um, having you know young players, rookies overall, that could have immediate impacts potentially on their roster, but maybe not in this situation a good fit. What about a Jarrett Stidham type of guy? You know, made really good progress behind the scenes, but not having that extra time with the coaches, certainly significant. I mean, it affects everybody, but someone that has more to learn, even a bigger factor. Boy, it is really tough to learn the quarterback position. It's really tough to learn the offensive line position. Um, don't want to be a young guy in this year. Um how about rookie contract players eligible for extensions? So members of the 16 and 17 draft class, um, look, I mean, Patrick Mahomes and Sean Watson are going to get everything that they get. But um, but it could have an effect on, on fifth-year option extensions. Teams are tabling extension talks because of the threat of, again, less fans this season it might pose to the 2021 salary cap. So you want to be careful, in other words, to do a deal that's going to affect your salary cap, which could be significantly less last year. The salary ceiling is dropping from uh, the $198 million 2020 perch. That's going to 
certainly affect next year's salary cap number. So it's persons that fall into that fifth-year option level, long-term deal is going to be a factor. Uh, I worry about older coaches, coaches that have had health issues. Those certainly, you know, we forget about those guys. What about officials that are going to be you know, maybe vulnerable? We, we, those are a big part of the games. How, how is that going to affect them? But coaches more because they're really around the players even more. Um, I think all those things kind of jump to mind. So it's a good question, some good thoughts. Those are some general thoughts that came to my mind. Kevin asks, um, says, can you explain how Dick LeBeau managed to do a great job with respect to defending screenplays? It seems that his defense could have been vulnerable because of aggressive linebacker play with zone blitzes. Yeah, the zone blitz, all it did, Kevin, is it replaced what it did. It, it replaced um, the linebacker drops with dropping defensive linemen. So what it did is it allowed you to drop big guys into the screen windows. Now, they can't cover screens, but they can distort the screens and kind of um, put a little bit of a hindrance into uh, allowing the the screen to get off on target and to get going, which allows other defenders filling in from the corner position to come up and fill. So the the reason why he had good success was because of the fact that the zone drops got into those areas, which uh, really were in good position to converge on the screen. So he did a really good job with it. Another thing, too, he didn't just run zone blitz all the time. Uh, so he had a good screen concept, but specifically as it relates to defending the screen when they were running zone blitz, there were times where people had some success with them, but for the most part, if defended correctly, um, they're in good. You're in good position to defend that. There, um, Kevin asked, "What was my assessment of George Seifert as the head coach?" Says a lot of people believe that he inherited a team ready in in San Francisco. Should have won four to five Super Bowls, but ended up with two. Also, well, who knows? I mean, uh, th- that team was pretty good. Uh, probably you could say the same thing about the Cowboys with Jimmy Johnson left. Maybe they left a couple. I, I don't know about, you know, him winning four or five Super Bowls, um, but they obviously had some success, and they probably could have had more success. I thought George did a nice job. I don't think um, things worked as smoothly on offense. I I thought um, – the, the the longer he got there, the longer he was there, I thought, look, when you, when you are at a, a, a peak level that they were, almost anybody would have been a drop-off. Uh, I do think getting George in there uh, created some stability because that, that defensive unit was well orchestrated and a very underrated part of their success. Um, so it made sense to go in that direction um, and, and, and certainly did a good job, but Ultimately, not, not a great job. In Carolina, much the same. Um, short stint, didn't have nearly success. The team wasn't as good. Um, that's a big part of it. I, I thought George was a solid coach, nothing special there. Not a dynamic personality, a little bit more of a colder, sterile guy that, that probably didn't have the overall type of success that uh, you'd normally see. But there are different guys with different personalities that do it. It's not his personality was the problem. I just think some of the things 
that uh, made them successful from a personnel standpoint began to, to slip a little bit. They did a nice job, did San Francisco in the early stages of the salary cap, finding guys that wanted to come in for one year, and they they really did a good job with cash over cap movements to get some big-time playmakers that could fill in a spot here or there. But, you know, with when their success on the draft slipped just a little, the overall roster became um, less dominant, and then therefore the team became less dominant. So that all those things contributed to it. Hey, great thoughts there, great questions. Uh, hey, reminder that um, – she can listen to our college football show, Big 12 Football, and Beyond on Thursday. Make sure that you check out um, our um, Pac-12 Football and Beyond on Friday, and we'll be back talking more pro football here on the Friday edition of the Pro Football Show. Reminder also to check out LandryFootball.com for all the latest detailed information in our notebooks, in our um, roster analysis, our free agent boards, our draft boards, our recruiting boards, everything from uh, recruiting all the way to the NFL, evaluating personnel, evaluating coaching. Uh, a peek behind the scenes is what we give you over at LandryFootball.com. So take advantage of it, like having your own scouting department for less than $5 a month. So take advantage of it today. Also take advantage of the great opportunity with our partnership with 401k Generation. Give them a call or a text, no obligation. Tell them that you heard about them from us and that you want to learn more about what it is that they do. And say you want to get a better game plan for your financial goals, meeting your financial goals. Go from there. Learn what they can do. Um, They're licensed in all 50 states, so wherever you're listening to this podcast, they can help you. So take advantage of it today, 1-866-998-5879. More information up on LandryFootball.com, so make sure that you do that. Sign up for this podcast as well as all of the LandryFootball.com um, podcast by signing up for Landry Football's conference call. Very simple. Landry Football's conference call is where you want to go to get all the podcasts. And we are looking and looking to expand. We'll be expanding, and we'll be telling you more and more about that. Got an SEC show that's coming up right um, soon here in the next few days, week or so. We get that finalized. So check that out. Um, today, uh, or check that out uh, when we get it. We'll let you know. And uh, check out LandryFootball.com today for all the updates. Hey, we appreciate you joining us. Have a great day. We'll be back with you on Friday.